Allow me a quick introduction. This is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Greg Cody, and I'd like to personally welcome you all to our historic, first-of-its-kind world premiere podcast. I'm excited. Podcasting will never again be the same. It'll probably be just a little bit worse. I will warn you, this may turn out to be a bare-bones podcast as well because we just blew 60% of our total budget on that high-priced announcer to introduce us. You may be wondering, why am I doing a podcast? Get in line. I wonder that myself. And I figure we'll all find out the answer together, learning as we go. I want to make this a fast 30 minutes that you look forward to every Monday when it comes out each week or whenever you choose to listen, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember to subscribe, rate, review, like, swipe up, or whatever else the hell it is you're supposed to do with a podcast besides listen. Anyway, we aim to surprise you here. You won't be sure whether what's around the next corner is serious or inane, sports or something else, because I'm not sure I'll even know. We're Miami-based, and we'll hit sports in the 305 pretty consistently, but not to the exclusion of listeners far and wide. Some weeks, we'll bring in a special guest. We'll be pretty lawless with this, adhering to no boundaries, instead offering the variety and serendipity that we enjoy and hoping you do too. Many of you know I'm the longtime sports columnist for the Miami Herald. Here's an idea how long I've been with the Herald. When I started out, neither bicycles nor small boys had yet been invented. So newspapers were not tossed onto front lawns from the baskets of bikes. They were dropped onto front lawns by pterodactyls. Predating even the advent of newspapers, my earliest columns were etched onto stone tablets and delivered on wooden wheel carts pulled by teams of oxen. As many or even more of you may know, I'm with the Dan Lebetard Show with Stu Gotts on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. I'm the show's only regular weekly guest co-host in studio every Tuesday, pardon me, while we take a telephone ring break. Please stand by. Continue. As many or even more of you may associate me with the Dan Lebetard Show with Stu Gotts on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. I'm the show's only regular weekly guest co-host in studio every Tuesday and sometimes additional days. If you've enjoyed my sense of humor in print in the Herald over the years or on air, you'll get the same thing here, only more of it. And the best thing is, at least for me, Unlike on the Levitard Show, there will be no hard network. Dale, you're listening to the Dan Levitard Show. All right, enough of that nonsense. We got a lot to cover here today. I'm so excited. We got a big show coming up. At... Why are you talking in your closet? This is my studio. Welcome, my. <laughs> Come on in. Wait, what? This is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Chris Cody. I've known him his whole life. He's like a son of mine. Uh, you know him as a producer on the Levitard Show. He's going to be helping me a little bit on this podcast because I'm a rank amateur when it comes to this kind of stuff. Why are you doing this in your closet? Well, because uh, this is the most padded room in the house. We're surrounded by clothing right now. Uh, my wife needs to get rid of a lot of these dresses, by the way. What and is this hat you have right here? 
What that's year a, is this hat from? That's a vintage Miami hair. It says Herald Sports. I could sell that on eBay for ten or fifteen cents. It's so dusty. I know. It's 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 really. This is rank. So, when's it's, the last time you wore this hat? I don't wear hats anymore. <laughs> I'm not a hat wearer. So you're doing um, this? Is your you're recording the? First yeah, episode? I mean, I I thought it was a good idea to find a padded room that would soften my voice, that would uh, take some of the shrill out of it. And, and how often are you releasing this podcast? This is a this is a weekly podcast. This is going to be every Monday. Um, you know, people can listen to it in their car on the way to work. It's going to be very quick and digestible. I think most uh, episodes are going to be, you know, from 20 to 30 minutes, so it's going to be quick and, and fast. And are you going to have guests come here into the closet? <laughs> if I can get... I'm, I'm picturing... Uh, yeah, we're gonna have Derek Jeter in my closet next week. Um, no, we're gonna we're gonna have guests. How we get them is still to be determined because uh, a lot of the recording where it's just my voice is going to be in my home home studio here, which I don't like to refer to as a closet. So it's just gonna be you droning about sports for a half hour. No, quite the contrary. First of all, I'm not gonna be droning. Uh, it's it's it sounded like you were droning when I walked in. Well, it's it's you know one man's drone is another man's uh, whatever. But um, it's going to be me talking about sports, talking about not sports uh, in, in little quick segments. Um, we're we're going to have fun doing this, man. You're going to want to watch it or listen to it. <laughs> Whatever the hell you do to a podcast, you're going to want to do it. So what are you talking about today? Well, we got all kind of things lined up. We got uh, immersive sleep headbands. We got disco cruises. We got Dwayne Wade. Uh, we got uh, soccer. Uh, my my love with soccer is is rekindled. We got all kind of stuff happening in this first episode. There are no guests in this first episode other than yourself, uh, impromptu, because uh, because there was so much to talk to in introducing this podcast and myself and and getting people fired. I'm up. trying to picture you trying to post a podcast. Please tell me you have help doing this. I have help doing this. Uh, I don't know anything about posting a podcast. I don't know anything about you know liking and swiping up and all that. Stuff. I'm, I'm a, an, an amateur. I'm just talking into a microphone in a closet, in a closet, in a way that uh, that hopefully people will like. And uh, you know, in the course of this podcast, I will be coming out of the closet as well. <laughs> is your is your vo- is your voice always going to sound like this? No, we hope not. Um, my voice uh, sounds like crap. Yeah, it, it sounds like rasp. Uh, I've I've got a rasp in my voice. Get out of my throat, rasp. That kind of thing. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I'll let you get back to doing what you're doing, recording this podcast in a closet. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Cody, everybody. Been knowing him his whole life. Love him like a son. Hey, um, actually, we were just talking, Christopher and I were just talking about uh, the coronavirus, of all things. And, and I read that 38% of Americans are refusing to drink Corona beer right now for fear that it's linked with a coronavirus. I mean, how stupid are we as a nation? I'm 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 serious. Uh, in in my mind, we should all uh, raise a glass of Corona today uh, and 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 do a toast against stupidity. And and the other point that could be made is that uh, the more Corona you drink, you anesthetize yourself and you stop worrying about stuff like the coronavirus. Anyway, let's get to this first episode. This is episode one of the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. We're making history here. This is history making, and and let's do it till we're satisfied. Let's go. Immersive content sleep headband. My wife takes in all our mail and pays the bills and so forth, but on occasion I'll check the mail and I find it's a real treat. 
I go through all the stuff with new eyes, with a child's amazement. I yanked from the box one day a bunch of stuff that includes something called a Hammaker Schlemmer magazine claiming to be, quote, America's longest-running catalog, unquote. I'm about to protest on behalf of the venerable Sears catalog of my youth, but then remember Sears has been wheezing for years, poisoned by Amazon and the general slow death of retail. I trace Sears' demise to when it unceremoniously dumped Roebuck, but that's for another day. So I'm leafing through the Hammaker Schlemmer magazine and come upon a page touting, quote, the immersive content sleep headband. New, it says. Quote, this is the headband with built-in speakers. Pause for another interruption. I didn't even know we still had a landline. Let's continue. New, it says. Quote, this is the headband with built-in speakers that play sleep-inducing stories developed by relaxation, meditation, and hypnotherapy experts. Well, imagine being the person who intentionally writes stories meant to make people drowsy. Hmm, I says to myself. Though not intentionally... Haven't I been doing that for years? I feel like in my long and checkered career, only Ambien and Somonex had put more people to sleep than my columns. They want more than a hundred bucks for this immersive content sleep headband. For a fraction of that cost, a Herald subscription buys you a full prescription of Greg Cody. Honey, I just cannot fall asleep. Would you please hand me that Cody column on the Marlins bullpen woes? Take Cody column tonight and sleep. Cody column, Cody column, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Cody column, Cody column, Cody column, go to sleep, go to sleep, sleep. Cody column. NFL quarterbacks. The NFL scouting combine happened, and free agency is on deck, and then the draft. So this is officially the silly season in terms of rampant speculation by NFL experts whose only real expertise is not knowing anything with any real certainty. The overanalysis of the quarterback position in particular found its new benchmark with the news that likely overall number one draft pick Joe Burrow has a nine-inch hand which evidently was cause for great alarm, if not outright derision. Suddenly, we're all on a middle school playground chanting, Baby Hands Burrow, as red-faced Joey sobs into his tiny paws. For the record, and in the name of transparency, my own hand, it turns out, is 8 and 7 eighths inches, which I find sufficient for primary tasks such as traversing a laptop keyboard and gripping a double whopper with cheese. Here's all you need to know about this quarterback offseason as we tip into March. Despite all you've heard, Tom Brady will re-sign with the Patriots, and here in Miami, the Dolphins will draft Tua Tagovailoa or Justin Herbert fifth overall. Probably Tua, because with Matthew Stafford having just turned 32, they no way the Lions enjoy the luxury of spending the third overall pick on a quarterback. Quick aside, Both Tagovailoa and Herbert have decidedly bigger hands than Burrow, which would be significant 
if this were arm wrestling or a handshaking competition, in that all three have proved accomplished at the art of gripping and propelling a football, the significance of the disparity may be judged somewhat dubious, except as a shiny toy to briefly entertain your friend the media. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Houston Asterisks. Baseball finally has the villain it deserves in the Houston Asterisks. We never got that in the steroids era, which was too broad, too amorphous, not easily digestible. Now we have one villainous team. Neat. Simple. Baseball will never rescind Houston's 2017 World Series title for blatant cheating, for sign stealing, or even place an asterisk on it. But history will make up for it by forever heaping tarnish and dirt on that fraudulent non-championship. Everybody outside of Houston will know that trophy was plainly stolen to MLB's lasting shame and one city's eternal embarrassment. I love, love, love that asterisk players will endure derision in every city they play this season. We already are seeing that this spring. It is the onset of a full year of karma, as I see it. It awaits every Houston asterisk player and coach who had anything to do with the high-tech sign-stealing. 5'6", Jose Altuve will be 4'8", by the end of the season, after a year of cowering and shrinking against the onslaught of derision. May the asterisk players endure a season of unrelenting minor off-field miseries as well, such as flat tires, broken shoelaces, minor burns, paper cuts, gum on shoe soles, fender benders, bad haircuts, 19 items ahead of them in the express lane, and a year of twos and sevens off-suit in Texas Hold'em. Oh, and that's in addition to a season of non-stop booing, hit-by-pitches, and career-high strikeouts by every asterisk batter, plus persisting whispers of marital infidelity. Because what woman likes a cheater? Disco Cruise. Ever found yourself in a situation where you sort of look around and think, why the hell am I here? I don't mean me in this podcast, although that applies too. I mean me on a disco cruise. Me, who never really liked disco music. And me, who generally only dances when plied by sufficient libation at a wedding reception, and then self-consciously, acutely aware that while others are actually dancing, doing actual discernible moves... I'm out there flailing like a grave digger. So my wife and her friend decide a disco cruise sounds like fun, and suddenly we're two couples aboard the Celebrity Infinity cruise ship. For me, it was terrifyingly like a high school reunion, only in a confined space from which there was no escape. 2,000 people, all dressed like 1978, jonesing for nostalgia, reliving an era I thought I'd already survived and moved on from. Thank goodness... I'd bought a premium drink package and found the safe haven of a full casino, or the man overboard might later have been identified as a guy 
who looked exactly like me, only poorer on account of repeated roulette losses. The roster of performers on this five-day disco cruise included The Jacksons, Sands Michael, of course, The Miracles, without Smokey Robinson, The Blue Notes, but no Harold Melvin, The Commodores, missing Lionel Richie, and ABBA, tribute band, Hold the ABBA. In other words, a bunch of acts without the stars who made them famous, although with an array of one-hit wonders. Picture me with an empty Jack and Diet Coke glass waiting interminably for Sister Sledge to finally get around to We Are Family. The headline act, Casey and the Sunshine Band, at least had its original leader in a legit catalog of hits, although I was struck by the fact lead singer Harry Wayne Casey KC, appeared to weigh 840 pounds. Okay, I exaggerate a little bit, but it was obvious to the point he quickly poked fun at himself, joking that he considered renaming the band as KFC and the Sunshine Band. Bonus points for self-deprecation. The problem is he would not defer to his overt out-of-shapeness and kept toughing through 360-degree disco spins and huffing between songs, hands on knees. It was an effort both admirable and excruciating to watch. By the end of the show, I didn't know whether to call for an encore or a medic. When the big boat finally docked and the disco cruise experience had been jettisoned, I was so happy to be back on dry land, I danced all the way to my damn car. The Long Goodbye, Dwayne Wade. By the way, I know this is a little late for me on this, but that's one of the pitfalls of doing a first podcast. You feel like you have to catch up on everything that happened before you were doing a podcast. So I was going to begin this first podcast with a groundbreaking chronological idea where I started with the history of sports and worked my way forward. I had this big plan to make the first podcast about the ancient Olympics. I was trying to reach Orsippus, who was the first guy to go naked in the Olympics in... Um, I think 720 BCE, but after failing to reach Orsippus by learning that he'd been dead for several centuries, uh, we scrapped that whole idea and decided to just go sort of right to the present tense. So, um, where was I? Oh yeah, the long goodbye, Dwayne Wade. Hey, listen, this podcast is based in Miami. Miami loves Dwayne Wade. I love Dwayne Wade. Everybody loves Dwayne Wade, but enough already, Okay. I'm getting exhausted over here. The Heat staged a a three-day, three-event legacy celebration weekend for its retired star, which was roughly two events too many, quite frankly. In the middle was the number three jersey retirement, which was fine, of course, called for. But the career retrospective round table the day before, which included a Wade verse on a tepid Rick Ross rap with the gruesome title season ticket holder, too much! And the premiere of the new Wade documentary on the third night. Superfluous. It was on ESPN that same night. Besides, who anticipates their own place in history enough to spend 10 years filming themselves? Weird. Don't get me wrong. Wade's place in NBA and Miami history is beyond question. And his heart off the court has been exemplary. From his stand on the Trayvon Martin shooting to his outreach to Stoneman Douglas and now his LGBT support and how he stands behind his own transgender daughter. These things are inspiring. They speak so well of Wade the man. Forget the player. Enough, though. 
Wade left for Chicago in 2016 and for Cleveland the next year, returning to finish his career here as a reserve. I feel like Miami's been gradually saying goodbye to Wade for five years. We love you. Now scram. Disappear for a minute so we can miss you, for Christ's sake. One other thing. In naming a portion of Biscayne Boulevard as Dwayne Wade Boulevard, I hope the city and county have budgeted plenty of dough for replacement signs. Yeah, they'll sell replica signs in the merch store, I'm sure, but any self-respecting Heat fan will want the real deal. Pilford Roadside. They'll be the hottest roadside souvenir since the zero-mile marker at the end of Key West. The Purloin sign will be a great way to remember Wade, should he ever go away long enough for us to miss him. World according to me. There are things in life that we're allowed to do, it's legal to do, we're permitted to do it, but it doesn't mean you should do it. And the example that always comes back to me from sad experience is you walk into an airplane, you sit down, you have a decision to make. Yeah, you're allowed to lean your seat back. You're allowed to recline your seat in complete disregard for the passenger directly behind you who all of a sudden is cramped and scrunching. Everybody in the plane is looking at you and shaking their head because look around you. Most people don't recline their seats, just like most people don't defecate in their pants or, or take their shoes off or yeah, you know, get up and wave their arms and make silly noises on a plane. Just sit in your damn seat, leave it upright, Take a snooze. Don't bother anybody. Don't lean back. You know, the, the, for a reason, the phrase is pay it forward. The phrase is not pay it backward. Okay, have some etiquette in an airplane. Do the right thing, Jack. A love of soccer renewed. South Florida having a new Major League Soccer team is a big deal to me in a way that feels very personal. And I'd like to explain why. I feel like I got my big break in journalism covering soccer. In college, I played soccer, which sounds a lot more impressive than it was, and I'll explain. I coached in youth soccer for many, many years, making up in enthusiasm what I lacked in tactical acumen. It is a game I feel connected to, grown up with, in a way I don't with even baseball or football. Weaned covering high school sports, I was promoted to the Fort Lauderdale Strikers beat in the old NASL circa 1978-79, and I felt like a young king. This was before the Heat, Marlins, or Panthers, and the Strikers were filling Lockhart Stadium, drawing 18 to 20,000 a game. Those were buoyant days for the Miami Herald, and I was being sent all over North America, Atlanta to New York, San Jose to Vancouver, covering the lovable and winning team in the bumblebee striped uniforms. Around that same time, I tried out for the fledgling college soccer team at FAU. Surely for the lack of applicants, no doubt, I made the team as the backup goalie. With no experience, but honed quickly by a British goalie coach named Regis Patter, his nickname inevitably was Pitter, Pitter Patter. There was no varsity team, this was a club team, but we felt like a big deal. We had uniforms. We traveled to play other schools. My lone career start was an 8-1 to loss at the Florida Institute of Technology an hour and a half north by Van and Jensen Beach. My playing career didn't, didn't last much longer, but my love of soccer did. The beautiful game, so simple in intent, so impossible to master. So I'm at the 
Perez Art Museum in downtown Miami in February 2014 when David Beckham announces his intention to bring MLS back to Miami. A six-year odyssey later, Inter-Miami played its first game this weekend in Los Angeles. There had been delay after delay. The team was displaced from its planned Miami home and moved for at least the first two years to a new stadium on the old Lockhart site, hallowed ground, if you ask me. The roster is modest, lacking, at least at the outset, the international star power promised and hinted at by Beckham and main money man Jorge Mas. Inner Miami has the look and feel of a team that will struggle, as you'd expect an expansion team to, not hit with an immediate splash as Atlanta United did three years ago. I don't like that part of it much. Also don't like reports that state-owned Qatar Airways may be a name sponsor, considering Qatar jails folks and considering same-sex relationships a crime. So strange that sports gets away with looking the other way and partnering with human rights violators. Worked for, for the NBA and its massive business dealings with China. Worked for the Miami Heat owner, sending in his cruise ships to Cuba. And it works in soccer for teams aligning with Qatar. Inner Miami, perhaps the latest. Still, despite it all, Six years later, all of it uphill and strewn with roadblocks, this week gets to be one of triumphant perseverance for Beckham and his dream. It finally happened. And as it unfurls, I can't help but cast my memory back just over 40 years ago to when my own career started to grow up and to when the seeds of South Florida's love of soccer were sown and took and grew so strong. Well, folks, thanks for partaking of this history-making episode one of The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. If you liked the episode, even if you didn't, please subscribe, rate, and review. Subscribing, very important to what we're doing here, and we appreciate your support. Thank you, family. If you're wondering what we're going to do next week, you better tune in because you never know.